introduce welcome to puppet hunt radio uh i'm matt and i'm lane and uh we have a new episode this week uh and it's called sourpuss part three sourpuss part one it's our first episode that was found our our foundling it's the first one that we've actually what are you doing don't worry keep going We've kept this kind of a secret, and I can't believe our associate was really generous with letting us use the reel-to-reel machine, and we have a brand new episode of Puppet Hunt for you. That's not new. Well, yeah, it's new, but not... It's very old. A giant shout-out to Dresden Huffler from Beaverton, Oregon, who we knew it was the Northwest, right? So right. he looked in his garage, he found... it's It's just one... Real to real, but it is still our first one. This this is proof that we have puppet hunt materials outside of the box that you received. Did uh, yes, Dresden Huffler. God bless you. You sent it to us. We'll get the material right back to you. It's it's going to be packaged up and sent right away. So that's our promise to anybody out there. We've got proof positive now that there's puppet hunt material in your basements, in your radio stations. Matt hasn't gone yet. I've gone to a few radio stations and asked them to look for materials. I've I've not been treated that nicely, but that's okay. It's worth it. So keep looking. Yes, that's the message. Don't Uh, give up. We are thrilled beyond measure. It's it's only part one, but I know part two and part three are going to be out there, right? Well, you would think because it said one of three, part one one of three. three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I was misread it. Yeah. So. Here we go. Puppet Hunt Radio presents... Puppet Hunt. Oh, you're going to do it? Yeah. Puppet Hunt Radio presents... Sourpuss, part one. This is a permanent Dictabelt voice recording. My name is Nick Salmon, private investigator. From my earliest days as a contracted agent in the insurance game, I was a dictaphone man. I'd boil a pot of black coffee... Bring that tortoiseshell mouthpiece close to my lips, nice and easy, and lock down all the facts while they were still fresh in my mind. Yes, when you've got yourself a humdinger of a case, what could be easier than using a Time Master dictaphone? It's whisper quiet and costs peanuts a day. And thanks to the new Dictabelt record, your dictaphone now makes a permanent voice recording that's admissible in court. What's that? I said the new dictaphone costs peanuts to operate, and the recordings are permanent, so they're admissible in court. Speaking of humdingers, there in the doorway, with a whoosh and a bang, appears a lovely and statuesque redhead, frozen like a photo, the look of surprise on her open lips. Pardon me, the door. Oh, it it wasn't you. It must have been a gust of wind from that storm that's been kicking up. Nicolio Sam... Salmon, ma'am, how can I help you? I'm here to see Rock Handy. Right here. You got an appointment? Oh, excuse me, do I need one? You don't, but you do need a name. Your own, that is. Aurora Lusk. Now there's a name for you. A rotable husk. Like an ear of corn. No, uh, Lusk, like luck, but with an S. Uh, and my first name... Slusk? Uh, no, Lusk. Write that down, Butternut. Uh, what can we do for you? I really wish Rock wouldn't call me by that nickname around beautiful women. It confuses them. With obvious distress on her brow, Miss Aurora Lusk swings the beige case she's been carrying onto Rock's desk with a thud. She flicks the clasps on the case and fumbles with the puppet inside. I can tell by her unease. She's no quist. It's Sourpuss. Sure, I know her. Or rather, she was. Oh, it's even worse than yesterday. Out comes Sourpuss. She looks like a well-crafted puppet, expertly proportioned with a real mischievous gleam in her eye. But her raven-black hair is half gone. The missing strands are all strewn about inside the case. It's terrible, all this storm and stress in the middle of the day. Uh, How old is she? Three. Far too young, of course, for this kind of hair loss. 
Huh. Sounds like a mystery case, ma'am. Uh, we're Sam Spade crime detectives, not Sherlock Holmes fancy pipe-smoking detectives. Right, Nix? But this is clearly puppet-related, Rock. Philip Marlowe cases, hard-boiled fist fights, dangerous dames, and a hot chopper now and then. You know, Boston Blackie, Frank Race. Johnny Dollar. Johnny what? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, the man with the action-packed expense account. Mm, dime novel hero of yours? Nah, he's, he's big time on the radio. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. An insurance dick? Ha! <laughs> no wonder you're the only one who's heard of him. Miss Lusk, you know who Johnny Dollar is, right? Gentlemen, please. I know all the serials and there's no such... I'm telling you, this is not natural hair loss. As in... As in... Sourpuss was poisoned. Puppet Hunt. File of Facts 47-S-5. Sourpuss. Entry 1 continued. Ha! Poisoning, huh? Not likely. Where's Atwick performing these days? The Shinola Club. Who's the magician? Oh, don't tell me. Roddy, Roddy Drake, Drake the Third. Case closed. Sourpuss was poisoned, all right. That wand swisher hates quiz. Especially when they have something he wants. I can't imagine Mr. Drake would ever... It's called misdirection, Miss Husky. Oh, he'll charm the socks right off you, or in your case, nylons, just before he saws you in half. But the Shinola is an oscillation joint. He's never even seen Atwick or Sourpuss, as far as I know. And you happen to work there? <laughs> Why, yes. Does that matter? Chorus line-eyed wager. Someday real soon, if all goes to plan. Mr. Bland has promised me an audition. Well, he'd be a fool not to hire you for the center slot. Thank you, but you haven't even seen my kicks yet. And until that audition, I'm stuck as the hat-check girl. The hat-check girl? Oh, with those gams, I'd wager you could flick my new game bird right off my head. The game bird? Yeah, that's the new hat for the month from Knapfelt. The one there, on the rack? Yes, that's that's the game bird, all right. Mmm, mmm, very handsome. And I see a lot of hats, Mr. Butternuts. It's, uh, it's salmon, mister. I'd really like it if you... What about Roddy Drake? I'm sure he chats you up whenever it's his night. Well, he does make quite the arrival. He presents his cape and silk top hat to me with a flourish and tells me to guard them with my life. I promise to cross my heart, although he disappears, until the master of ceremonies calls out, Please welcome the supernatural professor, Dr. Roddy Drake the Third. I dash to retrieve his hat and cape, but they're gone. Somehow he has both of them on stage with them. He shoots me a devilish grin and winks. Oh, how does he do it, Mr. Handy? Poof! It's magic! You have to admit, it is impressive. Give me a break. What's your boyfriend make of all this hocus-pocus? Oh, I see no need to upset Atwick over a little harmless fun. Hmm. Sounds like he doesn't know. He is just the protective type, that's all. Yeah, any respectable quist is, especially when it comes to his puppets. Speaking of which, Sourpuss will have to stay with us so we can run some tests. Atwick knew you were taking her, right? Of course, it's just... What? I suggested the police to him at first, but Atwick said to come see you in the hopes that everything would be more... More discreet? Yes. It's... It's rather embarrassing for him to have these performance issues. 
issues, plural. Are his other puppets going bald? Not that I know of. What else, then? Liplock? He, he's been freezing up. On stage or in La Privy? Please, Mr. Handy, I don't see how all these personal questions are necessary. Come on now. The way I get it, you got a puppet going bald? A quist who can't perform and a magic wand swishing in and out of the picture? You're in deep, sister. Either you're hiring us for the investigation or you're not. Very well. I just beg of you. I don't want Atwick to feel like any less of a man because of this. Sure, sure. We gotta run those tests and see what they tell us, so if you don't mind... A sadness overtakes Aurora's beautiful eyes. She places Sourpuss back in the case and closes the lid. Without looking up, she pushes the case gently across the desk. Aurora stands to leave. In a sort of silent ballet, I realize she has no umbrella. I offer her mine. She politely refuses. As she leaves, I slide across the room so the door doesn't slam. The hat-check girl and the detective. That reminds me of a story I read once in Keyhole Magazine. I saunter to the window, catch a glimpse of her crossing the street, hoping that storm doesn't toss her around too much. She's steady on those strong gams of hers. Hmm. Aurora Salmon. The next day, as I enter the office, I see the case with Sourpuss still in the middle of Rock's desk. Back when I was in the insurance game, I handled my share of poisonings, suspected and actuals. I keep myself busy all morning, but by lunch, Rock still hasn't shown. I wonder, did he take Sourpuss to a lab somewhere? No. As I open the case, she's still there. Such a beautiful little face. Too bad about the hair loss. For one crazy moment, I think about trying out a little throwing, as they call it. But no, she's not my puppet. Suddenly, I hear Rock's footsteps pounding the hallway. Do I close the lid? No, I'm not doing anything untoward. What's going on? Uh, I'm studying the victim. Did you run those tests yet? Ah, right. Let me see her. Rock lifts the puppet out of the case, rather abruptly. He slides his hand into the puppet and moves her head in all different directions, batting the eyes and snapping the mouth closed. Tell me, Salmon, what kind of a quist lets his best puppet stay overnight with a stranger? Oh, is that sort of thing not done? Do you know, Sourpuss? Huh? I see Rock moving the mouth on Sourpuss as though he's making her talk. Why didn't Atwick Dalrymple come to the office? But there's no sound coming out. He sets her back into the case. All right. She's clean. There's no sign of poisoning? Poisoning? Ah, who knows? But there's chemical traces you can check for. I mean, like residues or a reactant. Huh? Look... Detective work isn't some science fair project, Salmon. I go off my hunches, and my hunch tells me that Roddy Drake is behind all this hair loss and performance shortcomings. I told Flusk I needed to keep Sourpuss so as to see how she'd react. Her face told me everything I needed to know. Oh, oh. What, what's that? Well, Drake's got his eyes on her, and she knows it. So what I need you to do is go down there tonight and see how the two of them co-mingle. If you know what I mean. You think Aurora is in on all this, huh? Welcome to Large Neck, partner. If there's shenanigans, look first for the magician. One thing, Raka. Shinola is a what kind of a joint? Oscillation. That means they switch quists and magicians every other night. Uh, we don't get along, and we don't attract the same kind of crowd. If you know what I mean. Uh, so tonight, the Shinola, it's a magician night. Exactly. Drake doesn't know you, so you'll be perfect to watch his every move. I'm on it, Rock. And, and Salmon! 
Yes? Don't fall for this one. You know what I'm talking about. I was gonna play dumb, but Rock's looking right through me. It's true. I'd fallen for Dr. Gladys Casings and the Reverend Deborah Nobler, so I do have a track record of mixing business and pleasure. Then there's that soft spot I have for Tina Plotkin. Oh, what can I say? Rock's giving me that steel-eyed glare, so I nod my agreement. I tell myself I absolutely will not go head over heels for Miss Aurora Lusk. But the thing is, no matter what my detective voice is repeating, I can tell my schoolboy heart is in listening. Later that night, Rock sends me out to the Shinola Club without sourpuss. I'm wearing my new nap felt, the one Miss Aurora Lusk so clearly fancied on the hat rack. Yes, the game bird gives any man a sharp look, that's for sure. As I near the hat check counter, all heads are indeed turning. Miss Aurora whirls around like she's got some kind of magnetic attraction to my head. Mr. Salmon. Oh, you remembered my name. <laughs> Why, of course. When you're the only man in town who sports a game bird, you really make quite an impression. I have something for you. It's twin copies of Keyhole Magazine. I dog-eared a story on page 39, which I think you'll find most curious. Keyhole? Mmm, thanks. The hat check girl and the private eye. Yeah, go figure, huh? Where's Sourpuss? Rock said he had to run some additional tests. I must simply have her back at Wick. I can tell from her change of expression that an unsuspecting customer is approaching. I glance over my shoulder. Good evening. The entertainment tonight is sleight of hand? Yes, sir. The great Roddy Drake the Third. No wooden kinders? No, sir. What a shame. They are so delightful. Yes, sir, but I can assure you, Professor Drake's performance is truly mesmerizing. Happy to check your hat and coat, sir. Here's your claim check. Fan of sourpuss, I gather. People miss her, that's for sure. You were saying? Rock found evidence of foul play. Oh my. Traces of unknown reactants and fluids. Was she? Uh, Rock needs another night to run the full battery of tests. Mr. Salmon, may I confide in you? Of course. Last night, Atwick, he asked me to be Mrs. Dalrymple. What did you say? I said I need time to think it over. Well, that doesn't sound like a yes. Whatever I decide, I just don't want him to think it's... It's because of his, uh, performance problems. I had to wonder if the reason she was hesitating wasn't I. I mean, the reason is me. One thing is not in dispute. Aurora Lusk has never met anyone like Nick Salmon before. Dangerous, yet reliable. The kind of man who would stand up to Roddy Drake if he dared show his face. Huh. Speak of the devil. Good evening, Mr. Drake. A magical evening to you, Miss Aurora. I trust you shall guard my hat and cape with your very life. <laughs> of course. Miss Aurora, are you aware I'm seeking a new assistant post-haste? Why, no, I thought... It is a most rewarding and glamorous position. You already have all the aptitudes required. Perhaps I may speak with you in private after tonight's performance. Over an imbibement or two. Yes, but here at the club, Mr. Drake. If you insist, we shall begin the negotiations here at the Shinola. But where they will lead, not even the great Cardini could predict. Cardini? I think you mean Houdini. Excuse me, sir, for your impudence. Might I suggest it is you, and not I, who knows not the difference between Houdini and Cardini... Pray, sir, do a little detective work into the realm of magic before you speak again. And now I must prepare for tonight's journey into the supernatural. Miss Aurora, 
I bid you an extraordinary evening. Thank you, Mr. Drake. I feel my blood start to boil. Roddy Drake the Third is the worst kind of charlatan. Pancake makeup and an overly starched shirt. Even the color of his Van Dyke looks phony. Can I tell you a secret, Mr. Salmon? I'm all ears. I... I don't want to be Mrs. Dalrymple. I have to say no. I mean, Atwick is sweet and all, but I have bigger dreams. As in Roddy Drake's assistant? Maybe, for a time. At least until... Until there's a white picket fence and a... Until the big time, Mr. Salmon. You're gonna see my name in lights. Aurora Lusk. Torch singer. Give it to me straight. What's sourpuss to you anyway? I just want to clear my conscience. Somehow I'm haunted by the idea that I'm responsible for what happened to her. Well, are you? I don't know. I'll admit, I'm still a little hungover. After that blowout with Aurora, I stormed out of the Shinola. I walked the streets a while, then pounded a few too many down at Fitch's. I show up on time, but unshaven. Darned if Rock isn't wearing a white lab coat and fiddling with beakers. He glances up, but has the presence of mind not to comment on my disheveled appearance. Morning, Rock. How'd it go? Oh, Roddy Drake's got his fingers in the mix, all right. How deep? Deep enough to offer her a position as his new assistant. Ha! <laughs> that knockout? Fat chance. Well, she didn't turn him down, Rock, but she did turn down her other offer, a marriage proposal. Oh, come on, Salmon, you just met her. Well, not me, her boyfriend. Oh, right, Derry Dimple. That poor sap. Like I said, steer clear of that hat check, girl. Got anything on Sourpuss yet? As a matter of fact, her scalp has traces of potassium percolate, commonly used in fireworks, and flash powder for magicians. Another finger pointed at Roddy Drake the Third. Naturally. I see you've got some other tests going on here. Uh, anything else unusual? Uh, not really. Uh, come on, out with it, Rock. What is it? She also tested positive for disodium tetraborate, but that's a harmless chemical. Uh, borax, yeah. It's useful in the soap industry, of course. With dozens of other uses. Agreed. Borax is extremely beneficial to man, but there's no link to hair loss whatsoever. Ah, the potassium percolate is proof enough. We'll confront Drake with the evidence tomorrow night and force him into a confession. Force him into it? Well, why not go after him tonight? Because the Shinola is an oscillation joint, Butternuts. They've got a quist headlining tonight. By the way, who's covering for Dalrymple? Roddy Drake the Third. What? He can't violate the code. Well, while Atwick is out of commission, the management has him going on five nights a week. And there's his other motive. The new hat check girl and a full-time gig. Grab your game bird, Nix. We're closing the curtains on Roddy Drake the Third. File dash of facts. Sourpuss. Entry 2. Rock Handy speaking. At 7.35 in the p.m., Nix and I pull up to the Shinola. The marquee glares down at us. Special limited engagement. Roddy Drake the Third. Magic every night. Is that legal? Ah, they're working the loophole. A special engagement. That's also limited. Uh, Roddy Drake doesn't miss a trick, does he? He's gonna miss one tonight. Hand me that satchel. This time it's Rock Handy who's going in fully loaded. The lobby is jammed for some reason. All these people can't be here to see that hack pulling colored scarves out of his mouth. Must be free oyster night. 
Finally, the ushers open the doors and the crowd starts to thin out. There's Miss Luska behind the counter. Son of a gun, she looks like a million bucks all dolled up in her hat check uniform. Good thing I brought my best nap felt, the Rudswick. She makes eye contact and those pursed lips tell me she fancies my satin hat band as the sharpest in the joint. Mr. Handy, Mr. Salmon, check your hats and coats. We're keeping our coats on, but you're welcome to handle my Rudswick. Mmm, stylish and durable. I am impressed. Hat for the month on five separate occasions. Only, we've got some bad news for you. What is it? Sourpuss. Open the satchel, Nix. But, Mr. Handy, where is she? Disintegrated. Thanks to the foul play of one Roddy Drake Third. <laughs> Utterly absurd! Oh, Mr. Drake, you startled me. Ah, oh, Miss Lusk, your awe is indeed charming. As I have foreseen, you'll make an ideal assistant. Mr. Handy, I'm all turned around. What's this nonsense about disintegration, Inspector Handy? See for yourself. An empty case? Ha! You simply must put more thought into your deceptions. Then how do you explain the scientific fact she was covered head to toe in potassium percolate? Magician's flash powder. Is that true, Mr. Drake? No matter if it is. Potassium percolate would have no effect whatsoever on a wooden ventriloquist figure. In fact, I'm afraid Mr. Handy has just been caught in his own trap. No, not caught. You're the caught. Oh, come now. Any substance capable of gradually reducing a carbon material to its particulate state would leave residue in the felt lining of the case. If you look... Miss Lusk, you will see no such residue whatsoever. Mr. Handy has clearly removed the puppet and foisted a rather flimsy story upon you. I'm certain Sourpuss has not vanished at all, but is merely hidden somewhere. Oh, yeah? In the jargon of your ilk? Yeah. Ilk? Ilk my eye. Speak English, why don't you? I beg you to keep your voice down, detective. While I may not be a quist, I have the utmost respect for the reputation of the one in question. <whistles> a call whistle. My eyes dart around for the bouncer. Instead, there, scampering across the floor, comes a bushy-tailed squirrel. He's coming straight for me, so I jump into my prizefighter stance. He zigs and zags, leaps to a bench, then bounds right off the wall into the air. He's going for my throat. I take a swing at him, but he's too fast and springs right off my knuckles. I look around. There he sits, twitching his whiskers right on the shoulder of Roddy Drake. I don't believe you've met my new acolyte. Oh, isn't he adorable? Just look at his little vest. Say hello to the detectives, Merlin. Everyone's crazy about Merlin. Hey, Rock, uh, isn't that your middle name? Merlin? Yeah, Drake knows it. Just like he knows full well how I feel about fluffy-tailed rats. He's no rat. Merlin is a young Cyrillus Carolininus, more commonly known as the Eastern Grey Squirrel. Curious, easily trained, and absolutely charming. Yeah, keep him away from me. <laughs> Afraid of a friendly little squirrel. Ah, but it is nearly showtime, gentlemen. Miss Lusk, I do hope you are able to recover Mr. Dalrymple's missing puppet, Anon. Pardon me, for I must... Vanish. Yeah, abracadabra already. Did something truly happen to Sourpuss? Something did happen. She had Drake's flash powder all over her. But she didn't really disintegrate, did she? Nah, I thought if we shocked him with an empty satchel, we could squeeze a confession out of him. Clearly, he was ready for us. I just don't see how Mr. Drake could be behind any of it. Well, you're going to learn this the hard way, Miss Rudswick. Never 
trust a magician. Mr. Handy, I must be candid with you. The only one who's tried to trick me so far was a detective. Salmon wants to stick around the Shinola and catch Drake's worn-out old act, but I tell him, Nix, if you want to watch coins disappear, go get yourself a gumball machine. We gotta hash things out. Fill in some holes, make sense of this jumble. Truth is, I don't know where a great gumball machine is. Ah, what the heck. We swing by Candor's Arcade. But it's past midnight. They're closed. That does it. I'm never going there again. We end up back at the office where I get Nix to boil up a pot of coffee and we can do some detective work. I think I have some gum in my desk. Forget about the gum, Salmon. The way I see it, all roads lead to the missing quest at the center of this case. Adwick Dalrymple is missing? Maybe. This whole time we've never seen him or even heard from him, have we? I hadn't thought about that. His puppet has been poisoned, he's lost his job, and his girlfriend is falling under the spell of a wand swisher. What if Rimple Doll, in truth, has been kidnapped? Or murdered? Murder? Aurora? Who's Murder Aurora? Aurora Lusk, the hat check girl. Oh, yeah. They're never as innocent as they seem, Salmon. What's she doing hiring us, then? If things go south, she's got an alibi. That makes her seem all innocent. What's the motive, Rock? She wants to be Drake's new assistant, right? Well, how much easier is that with Dalrymple out of the picture? She's free and clear. It seems like she'd just break things off with him rather than poison his puppet or kill him. What's Liplock, anyway? It's a gamble you take, being a quist. You can get so good at your lips not moving, your muscles start getting weak. Your whole mouth can go soft. But how does that figure into the... Wise up, Salmon! A dame like Miss Hatcheck, she needs to be kissed. Hard and often. At least twice daily. More on weekends. And when a man stops meeting her needs, she finds someone who can. Roddy Drake's a good kisser, then. He isn't a good kisser! He mesmerizes women! Oh, that's that's pretty smart. It's dishonest kissing. Sickens me. All right, here's the plan. Come sun up tomorrow, you start beating the bushes. See if you can scare up Rare Dimple, dead or alive. All right, uh, I'll start with Aurora. No, don't. Steer clear of that dame. I trust her about as far as I can throw you, and that ain't far. I tell you, Salmon, this one's starting to feel like a murder case. Roddy Drake the third. Pah. A third of what? A third of a magician, maybe. But a hundred percent phony. Right down to his ridiculous excuse for a house. A red and yellow carnival wagon parked on the outskirts of town. What a gimmick. Except no one cares, Roddy. Meanwhile, I'm all set up on the edge of the woods, staring at his chuck wagon through a pair of binoculars, so I can track his every move. Only my stomach is starting to growl. She must know I brought along some of Tottenham's baby brats. Haven't had any of these since I was a kid. And I'm not feeling the least bit sleepy, so I'll just have two or three or five, maybe. The rest I'll save to keep me company. Mmm, 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 mmm. They taste exactly the same. Oh, nothing quite like the peace and solitude of a good steakhouse.
Leave me alone! Huh? Drake's living this close to the railroad tracks? That is rich. Hey, where are my baby brats? Ah, they spilled out during that meat nap. Uh, ah, here we go. Little dirt never hurt nobody. Wait a second. Four, five, six. One's missing. How'd that happen? And that's when I see the little devil. Drake's trained squirrel sitting not 15 feet from me, nibbling away on my baby brat. Hey, that's not yours. Give it back right now. Only, he just sits there, staring at me, spinning my last brat in his claws like mad. I know it's not hopeless, so I, I fake to the left, to the right, then jump up, and I charge full speed ahead. Ha! <laughs> you didn't expect that move, did you? Now the chase is on. Yeah, you're quick, but I'm bigger. I shouldn't have said that. Because he heads right for a scrawny tree and spins his way around and around the trunk till he's way up in the top. Ah, nice move, Merlin. But here comes the closer. I wrap my mitts around the trunk of that tree and start shaking. Ha, he's hanging on for dear life now. I'm giving it all I got and zing, he's airborne. Son of a gun, he lands in the branches of the next tree. It was a daring gamble, but he pulled it off. He butterscotches across the top of the trees and back to Drake's wagon. Blast it. No question who won this round. I pretend to leave the premises, even go so far as to get in my car and drive away. Only I double back on foot and set myself up in a new location, flat on my belly, binoculars trained on Drake's windows and doors. I can see movement now and then. But there's a whole lot of nothing. Until the back door swings open just enough for that squirrel to jump out and head directly for the railroad tracks. Hold on. Merlin hops on one of the rails and hightails it in my direction. He gets so close I can drop the binoculars and watch him heading my way, doing that stop and start, look around at nothing movement they all do just to irritate people. Huh, he's wearing something. Only it's not that performance vest from the other night. It's... it looks like a knapsack. I lift up the glasses and that's exactly what it is. He's on a mission. I'm starting to think Merlin is going to lead me to the missing quest. What if Roddy Drake III is using that squirrel as an accomplice to a murder? That's diabolical. He'll never talk. Then again, this could be a trap. And yet what if that squirrel is in too deep and wants out? Maybe he feels guilty about what he's done and is counting on me to expose Drake. Can't rule that out. I hoof it down the tracks. Hey, Merlin! Slow down, would you? I'm trying to think this thing through. But he disappears around the bend. When I get there myself, I can't tell if he's heading for the rail yard or jumped into the woods somewhere. No sign of him through the binoculars. I figure whatever he's up to, he's coming back this way so I can park it a while at the edge of this clearing. Now let me see if I can chop through this, Suey. Drake's got his eye on the Rudswick girl, but she's with a quist. So he gets a hold of Sourpuss and poisons her with sodium percolate until her hair falls out. Only the dame's still loyal to her quist. Drake figures if he can make the doll wrinkle disappear, then presto, he has his new assistant. Yeah, that's the skinny, all right. So I wait and watch for the return of Merlin. Whatever he's carrying in that knapsack is going to bust this case wide open. But how do I get him to hand it over? Ah, I happen to have another can of baby brats right here in my coat pocket. It's foolproof. Except... The sun starts to drop in the sky, and the Dalrymples start singing their song. Mm. 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 Mm.
Tottenham's, huh? Oh, sure, don't offer your partner Jerry any of those sausages. Just because I faked my own death, you don't feed me anymore? Oh, no, don't mind me. Just because I'm blown to pieces doesn't mean I'm not hungry, though. Stuff your face all you want. I'm sure that squirrel won't mind. You solved the case. Isn't that wonderful? Hey, I got some news for you. You didn't solve anything, fathead. What a detective, huh? Well, squirrel one, handy zero. File of Facts Entry 3, Nick Salmon. I scour the west side all day for Adwick Dalrymple with no luck. The best I can do is zero in on his apartment, but nobody's seen him coming or going for days. I'm starting to see why Rock thinks this could be a kidnapping case, or possibly even a murder. I study the windows for any sign of movement. Nothing. Then, heading my way up the street is that bright-eyed, industrious orphan, Buddy Bozeman. Shoeshine, Mr. Salmon? Sure, Buddy. You're still hustling? Oh, you bet. Seems we're both working late. You looking for Mr. Dalrymple? Uh, how'd you know? On account of you hanging out by his apartment and studying the window. Yeah, he's in there all right, but he don't come out much these days. He's not even shaving. His girlfriend asked me to find you and give you this, though. Buddy hands me a cocktail napkin from the Shinola Club. Please see me at once, it says. Signed, Aurora. And there's an address at the bottom. Where's this uh, West Flowage Court? Oh, it's out in the Fingerlings, Mr. Salmon. The Fingerlings? Oh, ain't you been out there yet? Them's the natural mountain lakes, what feeds the Platois River. There's dozens of them. Oh, it's so beautiful out there. That's where all the high-class resorts are, and where the very best quists and magicians perform in the summertime. Someday, I'm going to be a performer up there, Mr. Salmon. Really knock their socks off. Well, yeah, you better practice if you want to be a ventriloquist someday. Oh, thanks for the tip, Mr. Salmon, but I don't want to be a quist. No? I'm going to be a detective, just like you, or a puppet. But how could that... Oh, it's true. Most of them are carved out of wood, but there's a legend that says if you're a kid with a pure heart and you wish with all your might, someday you may wake up and find yourself... A real, live puppet. Uh, something you dream about, huh? Yes, sir. Oh, and if I could choose my biggest wish of all, I'd perform with Mr. Handy. Oh, you should have seen him back in the day with Mr. Jerry Blatts. There wasn't nobody better than them two. That's good to know, buddy. I hope your dreams come true. Oh, it's not about hope, Mr. Salmon. It's about having a pure heart. I see. I guess Miss Aurora Lusk has a pretty important message there, Mr. Salmon. How's that, buddy? I don't know too much about ladies and all, but you're going to want to check the other side of that napkin. So I do. And there on the back I find a heart-stopping P.S. from Miss Aurora Lusk. In candy apple red, she sent me a lipstick kiss. <laughs> Early the next morning, I shower and shave, put on my best suit, and head south out of the city. Toward those resorts Buddy Bozeman was talking about. Maybe they explain why Large Neck seems overstuffed with quists and magicians. Out in the country, I catch myself daydreaming about Aurora Lusk. I can even picture her running through these fields of sorghum. Mrs. Nick Salmon. A man can dream, can he? Ah, uh, there's the old stool motel. I got my baptism by fists not so long ago. Ugh, what's that odor? Must be that huge factory up ahead blasting plumes of gray smoke. I'm guessing paper mill. The road ramps up and turns jet black, smooth and slick. Curves begin to wind their way to the foothills and up to the lakes they call the Fingerlings. 
buddy Bozeman was sure right about this place. It's gorgeous up here. I slow down at a junction to check my map. How about that for fate? The sign says West Flowage Court. I follow the asphalt to a cluster of modest bungalows. That's when I realize I left my game bird back in the city. Well, the game bird is the kind of hat you drive back and get. Just as I put the car in reverse, though, I... I see Aurora stepping out the door of her bungalow. She's been waiting for me. Miss Lusk. Thank you for coming all the way out here, Detective. I left my game bird back in my apartment. That's quite all right. Won't you come in? From the look in her eyes, I'm 65% convinced Aurora is ready to seduce me. But as I follow her inside, she keeps her back turned. This is Atwick's cabin, but he wants to sell. He said he's just through with the fingerlings. I understand he stopped shaving. This whole affair has shaken him to his core. He said he's leaving the game, never going to throw again. Aurora spins around and looks so deeply sad. I had just about make up my mind to plant a kiss on those pouting lips when the bedroom door opens. And like a punch to the gut, out walks Roddy Drake the Third. Detective? Professor Drake. I know this doesn't look good, but I do have to move on. Uh, Miss Lusk has chosen to be my new assistant. Oh, is that so? Does she know you were the one who poisoned Sourpuss? It wasn't, Mr. Drake. It couldn't have been. How can you be so sure? Because Atwick has other puppets and they're losing their hair, too. That's all the more proof that Roddy's trying to humiliate Even him. ones Mr. Drake doesn't know about. It's true, Mr. Salmon. I know well the enmity between the magician and the quist, but I would never use my considerable powers to gain the upper hand. In my view, there shall ever be ample room beneath the proscenium arch for both the wiliest prestidigitator and the most headstrong of gastromancer. Well, talk straight, why don't you? We need your help, detective. Come, look out the window. Each cabin you see belongs to a quist. This place should be buzzing with activity in anticipation of the crowded summer season. But now, it's just a ghost town. So it seems. They've all gone back to West Largeneck. They're terrified. They dare not return. In every one of these cabins. Aurora, what happened? The puppets, they're all going bald. Tune in next week for the action-packed continuation of Puppet Hunt, File of Facts, Sourpuss, Part 2. Shoe shine, Mr. Handy? Sure thing, buddy. Say, you do such a magnificent polish on my shoes. Why, I bet the folks at home would love to see their shoes shining like mine are right now. Aw, oh, suffering rats, that's a swell idea, Mr. Handy. In fact, if they do want the full Buddy Bozeman treatment at home, they can just pick up one of my new genuine Buddy Bozeman Deluxe Home Shine Kits. The Buddy Bozeman Deluxe Home Shine Kit? That would make a great gift for Mom or Dad. Aw, oh, sure it would, Mr. Handy. You get an honest-to-goodness Cena shine box, just like the one I use. Two real horsehair brushes and five different cans of shoe paste. Black, tan, oxblood, cordovan, and of course, neutral. Plus, you get a sheepskin chamois. A uh, sheepskin what now? A sheepskin chamois. But how can I be sure the Buddy Bozeman Deluxe Home Shine Kit will give me the shine you're famous for? I haven't told you about the best part yet, Mr. Handy. Buddy Bozeman Shoe Paste is the only paste that mimics human saliva because it contains lead chloride. Yes, the Buddy Bozeman Deluxe Home Shine Kit. Pick yours up today at your local drug counter.
Get that Buddy Bozeman shine on your shoes in five dynamic colors, available in liquid or paste. Okay, I liked it. That was good. Yeah, that was arousing with Aurora Lusk. Arousing? Yeah, the way she talked, that voice that she has. I guess so. Um, yeah, uh, the whole well, thing What turns that? you on, then? Well, let's not talk about that now. It's making me very uncomfortable. The, um... Uh, you know what? I can see what you're saying. There was a whole weird hat fetish thing. Did you pick up on that? I don't think it was a fetish. It was like that was the was, times. Everybody wore talking, hats. So know, but they were, were talking about the hats like they were, you know, like a you know what. I didn't pick up on that. I thought just her voice was supposed to be. Well, he says, oh, I've got this um, whatever it was, a rat, Radwick. Rudswick. Uh, yeah. And then the other guy, the um, top top bird hat. Game, and then she says. Bird. And then she's like, oh, you know, and starts moaning and. What? As soon as he says, like, I've got the hat, she's all over it. So that didn't Not do very it. realistic. That didn't do anything for you. No, but I did like the bald puppets. That was funny. Just the idea of puppets with no hair. I think that's supposed to be sad. Well, it wasn't sad. Or trauma. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. But uh, it did cause a problem. I could see that. When were wigs invented? Because that would have solved it. Do you oh, know? Did you, you research that? Wigs for puppets? Well, no, just wigs in general. Because if they had wigs... Maybe they're working towards a solution that the puppets are going to wear hats from now on. Oh, maybe. Like they all wear nap felt. So that's going to be part two? Yeah. Did you know the spelling of nap felt? It's K-N-A-P-P hyphen F-E-L-T. Okay. And there's a nap on like a, a nap is like a texture all right. of felt. So I don't know if that was the names or uh, the names of the people who started the company or they're trying to... I sense you're losing interest yeah, in this. Yeah, it's not really interesting. Uh, also, no monkeys. There's no monkeys in this episode. They just did that. Right. Well, I was expecting they might have more. I found that very entertaining. Well, they killed the one, so they can't bring back any... They have people. They have people in every episode. They could have monkeys. They kill people. But I was disappointed, so um, keep a lookout. Oh, that's pretty strong language. I liked... Um, uh, again, we got to see Buddy Bozeman... One of my all-time favorites, Buddy Bozeman. And uh, there's squirrels in this. There's oh, a squirrel. Yeah. Well, and so Rock has a problem with orangutans and squirrels. Squirrels. Yeah, well, he probably will kill the squirrel, too. Killed that orangutan Oh, you think the other he one. killed the orangutan and then Did pinned he? it on the other... The other episode was it was uh, Charles Vestibule who killed the orangutan in his... Uh, oh, I didn't listen all the way through. It makes sense. Uh, I'm pretty sure we can see where this is going. More uh, puppet hair loss. Yeah, I am. Um, I keep wondering, like, why can't they just reattach the hairs? Like, what what is it that's keeping them from just re-gluing the maybe, hairs on? Maybe they, uh, you know, technology. Or do they sew the? Advanced. Do they sew the hairs into the wood somehow? They can't. Do you know how can they? You? How do they attach hairs on the plugs? puppet? Wood hair plugs. You know, you drill a we bunch should... of holes and plug it. We should look into that. If there's anybody out there in the audience who knows how puppets in the 1940s had their hair attached, because I imagine the technology is, has advanced. Yeah, I had a Danny O'Day uh, ventriloquist dummy as you a kid. You never told me that. Well, I didn't. It wasn't mine. Who's I, Danny O'Day? I don't know. It's the name of the character. Was he on television? or Maybe, but that was the name of the ventriloquist dummy. It was my sister's. She didn't know I took it. She Anyway, now she knows. Did you, did you throw 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 oh no 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 good lord what kind of nerd do you think i was <laughs> well wait so you used the ventriloquist dummy but you never spoke i didn't use it i just thought it was funny to have around so i'd put it in people's chairs and when they'd come up to sit down they'd whoa anyway his hair was uh just a solid mass of plastic so i'm not sure if that happened at some point maybe in the 60s with polymerization well, I'm glad we're on to a topic that you're excited about. It seems to be the first time you've, your face is really lit up. Yeah, I get worked up when we talk about plastic. Yeah. Innovation of plastic hair? Yeah. When did that happen? Apparently, they used to have regular hair. Uh, and then at some point, they switched over to just uh, it being molded as part of the head when they started making them out of plastic. Yeah, I feel like I've seen dummies where it's like the, the wood has been carved to look like hair. Mm. So... I'm just, I mean, I know the whole allure of, of radio is to imagine the world that's, that they're living in. and the Theater way, of the mind. The way they're describing it 
is it sounds like human hair almost. And gosh, I just got this impression from that that reference to borax that they were like trying to calm people down with uh, some sort of like, I don't know, national hysteria about borax causing hair loss. Like you'd maybe you'd wash your sheets in it. I didn't and people even are, pick up on that. People did, are, who is, which one is borax? Borax is a compound. It's a mineral compound that's naturally occurring. And then people use it in that. They had the soap chips uh, ad with the borax thing. Yeah, I don't remember that. Oh, I thought you told me you listened to the first episode twice. Okay. Maybe I did. Yeah. Well, that's the one that had the borax ad in it. You don't remember that? Uh, oh, the ad. Pearl yeah. borax soap chips. Yeah, yeah it was... I remember that. Borax, it's got the no, clean... Well, I'm jingle. thinking of something else then. Yeah. It seems like you could just reattach the hairs. Like, why haven't they... Yeah, it's got to be mean, a glue. I don't want to undermine the episode. I mean, I'm enjoying it. We don't know. It's only episode one. Yeah. Gosh, I'm starting to, starting to get kind of anxious about this whole thing because we got part one of her lips moved and we've got part one of sourpuss but we don't have part two of her lips moved or part two or part three of sourpuss i for those people who are listening if you can possibly make sure you give us a complete set of the episodes i know that unless you don't have them well how would you end up with just one? I mean, well, this guy did. Uh, Daddy, Daddy Huffler, Dresden Huffler, Dresden. Yeah. So Dresden, thank you very much. Uh, if somehow you can yeah, just thanks. dig a little deeper in your. He's a kid, right? Oh, he's a child actor. Is Dresden Huffler? Yeah, Dresden Huffler of Beaverton, Oregon. Thank you uh, again, and um, we'll be returning the materials to you in the mail. Um, so if I can find them, well, we know where they are. Hmm. We'll see. I'm sure it'll turn up. Okay, well, even so, I would like to suggest, Dresden, that maybe you could look a little harder in your attics or basements and see if part two or part three was also in anything else that you might be in having in storage, because it seems weird that you would just have part one. I thank you. I thank you very much for having it. This is child star Dreslin, Dreslin Huffler. Dresden In case Huffler. anyone is interested. Yeah. Uh, he starred in several movies I have written down here, and mostly TV movies. Yeah, I think he said in the letter, I think he said he didn't want to us to mention the shows that he was in. Yeah, Just, well, He mentioned it because he said, you probably remember me, but please don't say anything If we had the letter, it. we could confirm that. The worst thing that could happen, I think, is that we just don't get either part two or part three. Or we get part three and we don't get part two. That would be okay. I hope that doesn't happen. No, it's not okay. Well, I don't mind. I'll send it to me. I don't mind. So I'll hold it until uh, part two comes in. I can listen to it. I'll borrow, um, what's his name? Our associate. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we we figured out a workaround. He will rent the machine to us um, for $20 an hour, which is Jesus. pretty... You think that's unreasonable? That's a lot. You could buy one after like two episodes. These things are... Yeah. Oh, I haven't... Let me talk to him. Um, one thing I definitely want to address here because it came up in the last episode is our mystery person who has claims to have an episode and has been extorting us for money. Oh, um, here we go. I did get an email from him. I think it's a guy, just the way he's talking. He's got a lot of aggressive masculine language in there. He is accusing me of libel. Is Number- that slander? It's slander. And I didn't say his name, so it's not even that. So, um, you know... Nice try, but uh, you are definitely guilty of extortion. Boom. Here's the thing. Send me the episode, then we can talk, okay? So, anyway, back to the... uh, I have a friend who's an attorney. Hmm. So, you know what was cool? They mentioned a lot of radio personalities in here. And some of those are real, like Johnny Dollar. Yes. And Frank uh, Race. Yeah. What is it? uh, Boston Blackie. Yep. Real guys. Well, I mean, the radio shows are real. So I, that's interesting. They'd mention their own competitors. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Not very smart. You mean like people would say, oh, I should listen to them instead of this show? Right. Huh. That wasn't very smart of them. Yeah. Well, they're not around anymore. Oh, neither is Frank Race or Boston Blackie. That's true. That's a good point. Good point. I, I, it would be really upsetting to me if like we just never find out how either of these stories end. I think we could figure it out. Okay, smarty pants. How does Sourpuss end? Uh, well, okay, if I had to take a guess from episode one, they end up bald. And then what they do is they'll go into the sewers 
and there'll be like some guy living in the sewers and they fight him and then Roddy Drake comes in and there's a big, uh, I don't know what happens in part three, but that, that would be part two for me. And probably it's the guy from the sewers. So mark that down. All right. Well, we managed to finish the yep. comment- commentary without a, an appearance by your gardener. I don't know Thank how Thank God. Can... Yeah. One day. Yeah. Well, we'll have to remember Tuesdays are the day to That's record it. this. Yeah, Tuesdays. Make a note of that. Oh, I see his truck. What? Yep. So that was good timing, right? Yeah, I'll say. All right. This is, you want to close it out? What? No. This has been Puppet Hunt oh. Radio with Matt yeah. and Lane.